are listening to the Derek Asante Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. We just aim to keep the discussion above the average. Our guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. We are back with another conversation, and I think it's going to be an awesome one. I'm excited about this one. Uh, I got two of my uh, favorite people with me. Um, I have Alana with me, and I have Riva with me. So. We're going to ju- jump in and kind of chop it up. I think the topic that I want to talk about today was why is, you know, peace or inner peace important or essential today? And I'm curious to get their thoughts and we can kind of dive in and share some of our sidebars, uh, you know, experiences and things like that through the conversation. And I, the reason why I bring this topic up is just because I think it's important with everything that we are uh, absorbing everything that we are taking in, videos that we're watching, conversations that we're listening to, and how those things impact us, and when do we make time for us. And so all those things kind of came to mind, and I figure why not get some friends on with me that we can kind of share our experiences and our views on it. And hopefully that will trigger you, um, you know, to share or reflect on what it is that you experience as you go through it on a regular basis. So please welcome... My two friends, Riva and Alana. Thank you for joining me, hey. ladies. No problem. So, so Riva, you and I were kind of talking a little bit about this stuff based on this weekend that just passed, right? Caravana weekend, mm. if anybody listening. Um, we just, we're going through that. Some of us are still trying to wake up from that. So <laughs> it's been a, a pretty busy one. And I think in our conversation before we started, we were talking about just trying to figure out prioritizing what we thought was important to us, but then we gave it up for something else that we, you know, wanted to do more than what was supposed to be the priority. Can you share what you went through? Basically what you just shared with me and how that made you feel? Because I think that ties into this subject matter today. Yeah, like definitely. Um, Yeah. Like, so I took some time off, like, you know, I took some vacation time off work and I'm just like, I want to, you know, reset, recharge, like, you know, do some self-work and um, whether it's journaling, meditating, just reassessing, you know, my list of things I got to do, what have you, like, just take some time out to recharge and like, just get back to um, not feeling so foggy. Sometimes I think with the day-to-day, you can feel like you're just going, going and checking off things and whatever, but things get a little foggy, you have to step back and just kind of reset yourself, whatever, however that looks to anybody else. So I need to reset. And so the weekend came by and like I initially had no plans to partake in any festivities for the weekend. And then I was just finding, and so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do all these things in terms of recharging. And then the weekend came by and I'm like, no, I don't want to do none of that. I want to <laughs> turn up. And so... <laughs> And so, like, I had that struggle of, like, okay, I want to turn up, but, like, that's not really what this time is for, you know? And, like, you know, and and again, like, Caravana's a good time. It's a fun time. You know, it's nostalgic. Like, I partake many, many, many years in in Caravana, so I'm, like, I wanted to partake, but I'm, like, that's not what this time is for, right? right? And so today I found myself, I'm, like, yeah, I'm, like, okay, let me you know, do what I need to do in terms of resetting. And it, it kind of felt a little bit more like a chore. Yeah. And then I'm like, actually, this is what this time was for, you know? 
And mm. you know, Caravan is always going to be there, you know, God willing, all the like all these nice events that we enjoy and that we can have fun, they're always going to be there. But like, you need to make sure that you give yourself the opportunity to reset and be present when those opportunities come around. And if you're not um, putting yourself, if you're prioritizing fun over, you know, getting yourself back into a balanced position, when when you have to go, like, for example, when I go back to work, I'm going to be feel like the day I took, like the last day I took off. I'm going right, to still right. feel that level of anxiety or stress or whatever it is because I'm just like, I didn't take the time to do what I need to do to ease myself back into um, my work situation. Or like when opportunities for fun do come up again, I want to, I don't want to be, you know, right off the anxiety cycle into the fun cycle to go back into the anxiety cycle. Cause that's, what's going to happen if you don't take the appropriate time to really um, just sit down, reassess and spend some time with yourself. Yeah. And so, um, and so today, today I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to, it isn't a chore. It should be the mindset, which I've struggled with is this should be something that you're, it feels welcoming to do. You want to do these things. Like there's so much benefits to them. I find the challenge though, is deciding which like, because you, you said a great point. You said, okay, letting go of the fun moment to focus on what's important. But sometimes we all know what's really important to us and our body and our well-being isn't what we do, you know, 80% of the time. Like we know we're not supposed to eat fast food because it's, it's terrible for you, right? But listen, those taste buds in the memory bank tells you that's what you want. You remember the flavors, you remember this, you remember that. And you go, you go, <laughs> right? We go right okay, back. Okay, <laughs> so I agree with that, right? But this is my thing. So in my experience, this is my thing. When, when you take the time off to work on you, and then you, whether it's your health, whether your mental health, your physical health, what happens, whatever, right? When things do come, like when these fun opportunities come by or come along, mm-hmm. you can enjoy them more. Like if you really discipline yourself on getting your body to a certain level, like when it, you're going to, you're going to look better. You're going to feel better. You're going to feel better in your clothes. When you go out, you're going to be more confident. Like you're going to enjoy after the, all that work, you're going to enjoy yourself more. So it's because, like, a, it's like a cheat day. Yeah, well, you can call it a cheat day, but like, <laughs> but, but like, like if, if somebody's yeah, on like, a diet, right. A crazy diet, yeah. keto, whatever the, the new thing that they're doing now. Right. But if I'm on that for a whole five months, and then there's a barbecue coming that I know is going to be lit and I show up, I'm going to eat some ribs. Yeah. Again, you have to give yourself some grace, right? <laughs> right. That's and what I mean. It's a cheat I, day. You have to enjoy the cheat day when it comes. Cause yeah. But more importantly, like you have to like, it's why are you doing what you're doing? Like, why are you doing what you're doing? Right. Right. Or are you focused on your health for long? Like, so you don't have back pain. You don't have this pain when you want to, when, when you want to go to carnival and go to the parade or whatever, like, the next day you're not mosh up. Like, right, right. like what is it you're doing what you're doing for? Right? right. Like life is just like, if you, if you're sickly, right. And then you conjured up the energy to go have fun. You're not going to have like, fun. You're going to feel like crap when you get yeah. home because like your body's just not ready for that. Right. You, may right? Not, you might not even as survive opposed, the night. Right. As opposed to like, like if you're super stressed out, right. Then you do do something super fun. Right. Like you're, you're, 
you're still at the max at each end, right? Right. You still right. There's, there's there needs to be balance in your life where you have to find enjoyment with the like some form of enjoyment with taking a moment just to relax and unwind yeah. and unpack some things, right? Yeah. Like so, if you don't like I I find if you don't unpack some of this stuff that you need to pack before you had fun, it it's just it may follow you there. Yeah. And inter- interrupt that moment. So unpack it so you can be present in the on the next part of your journey. Like some things you need to take time to unpack it, then move forward because it can't come with you. Right. And if it's coming with you, it's 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 robbing you of the full the full enjoyment that you're supposed to be having. Yeah. I want to get Alana's voice in here. You've said a lot. So, uh, I was, what, what? I was listening to you. Um, you two bounce back and forth like a ball on a ping pong table. <laughs> and um, I, I embrace the perspective where um, Reva was talking about where you got You get to a certain point so you can enjoy those things more. And do you chime in and saying, however, what happens when it's hard? And one of the things that I can think of is, just like Reva said, it's a matter of where you are. What, why are you doing what you're doing? And I also think of, in terms of where you are, in a sense of your journey. So it may just be that moment you relapse. So mm. it all boils down to what do you do about that? Because those things are going to come. But it's so it's so tricky because you 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 put yourself through certain exercises so you can build up that ability to tolerate certain things. Yet, if something is missing then it seems like you're unable to tolerate those things. Or maybe that gift in relapsing, you're discovering something else about yourself. So I think ultimately as well is not getting down on yourself. And that also comes with practice and understanding what does bring inner peace. And that is being able to not be so hard on yourself, even though whatever point in your life it may be like, okay, you've done this so many times, you're repeating a habit, but people outside may see it one way. And that's a key thing. The voice outside may see it one way. It may measure one way, but then there's something internal going on. There's some sort of building or tearing and building. And just like with weightlifting or body lifting um, or working out, your muscles have to tear in order for you to have some sort of building. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So question for you guys, how do you respond to engaging with toxic people? (laughs) (laughs) Because, um, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, okay, let me, let me expand a little bit. I'm asking that because we're talking about inner peace and oftentimes it's a lot of toxic people that we encounter that evoke that, right? They, they disrupt that inner peace if we're in search of that, right? So that's why I'm asking, how do you engage or how do you respond to them when you sense it? Let me start with, um, I'll start with you, Alana, and then I'll get Reva to chime in. Well, it's funny because I'm going to go back to Reva's words. Thoughts are liars. So sometimes you are that toxic person. So, <laughs> so, so it's, it's crazy. And, and you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to play off of that because you meet somebody on the outside and they're projecting something, but yet sometimes in your mind, you've made, you've built this whole picture based off one thing they said. And sometimes what they're saying may be 
ugly and sometimes it's not and where you are. Mm. And then to go back to what you're saying, how do you deal with toxic people? Uh, it was like when I was talking to you in terms of your window of tolerance and mm. some people, depending on the person, depending on the relationship, depending on where you are, you'll tolerate it. And then there's times where you're like, no, this isn't acceptable. Um, like I'll give you an example. City Pulse, a lot of people may not like me for this, whatever. It's okay. I'll take it. I do not really do good listening to City Pulse. I don't do good. So if you want to sit down and, and talk about the news with me, mm -mm, I don't have the patience for that. I'm going to try to redirect. So that's one way. I'll try to redirect or I'll try to find something. And if I see that it's not working, then I step outside. And a lot often I find myself stepping outside of the conversation and it's like, what are you doing? Just leave. It's not working. So yeah, that's, that's one way. But if, if I know, especially I know with my, my level of intake, it's very sensitive to things. It's like, it's like being sensitive to sound. Mm -hmm. So that toxic stuff, I don't do too well with it. So I can only take so much. Got it. Got it. Reva, what do you do with them? Oh, oh. Well, the, well, she, like, she took the first shot like, at us. Well, first and foremost, <laughs> I felt like she was attacking me when right, she said, right? um, I'm gonna, the person that's how I I'm felt like, for a second. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, you're attacking me? But no, um, okay, this is all. This is a couple of ways. I think she's right. Sometimes um, people are mirroring people a lot of the times, right? So mm -hmm. if someone's bringing something toxic to you or like on a regular basis, you have to like, you have to assess, right? Yeah. Like what's happening here? Why, like, why does this person feel comfortable having this conversation with me? Like, and, and you have to be honest with yourself or what are your responses to it? Are you egging this person on to have these conversations with you? Mm -hmm. Are you like, are you aiding in these conversations? Are you making it clear that these conversations are not the type of conversations that you want to have? Like, what's your role in it? Right. Because like, if, if you're, if negative energy keeps or toxic situations keep on happening to you, like you have to understand, you have to assess with yourself first, like what's your role? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to analyze that first. So that keeps on happening to you. If it's one-off situations where people like you don't really have a strong connection with, or you could distance yourself from them very easily. You just kind of politely exit conversations or like, or change, to or change the topic or, or, um, or give up or provide a perspective that, or provide a positive perspective, like, you know, or, or opposing perspective. Like I see you see it that way, but like give opportunities to, for growth for that individual in that conversation, you know, and if that person's hell bent on being toxic, they will end the conversation a, a thousand percent. Right. If they just wanted someone to feed off their negativity and like encourage them or say they were right or what have you, yeah. and you're giving different perspectives, they're not there for that. And see so they'll leave. And they will end the conversation because you're no longer feeding it, right? Yeah. And sometimes, like, what you feed will grow. Well, most of the time, what you feed will grow. <laughs> well, <laughs> It'll just grow into what you may not want or what you may want, right? But yeah. I, I do agree. I think, for me, though, I just walk away. I, I, I think, Alana, you and I had that conversation. I have zero tolerance for that negative energy nowadays. I don't know if it has to do with age or just being wiser and knowing what my limits are and what I don't want to, um, what I don't feel I need to put up with. Right. 
And so the minute I sense it, I listen to my gut or my spidey senses, if you want to call it that. And I, I walk away or I shut it down, right? Like whether it's just casual conversations, coworkers, I let them know I'm not interested. I'm not engaging in that, right? I'm not so what in- if it's family? Oh, same way. It's even easier. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm good. I don't need, or I'll just tune you out. Like you can keep talking, but I'm very good at blocking things that I'm not interested in out. I've, I've mastered that. I like to feel like I've mastered it to the point where you think I'm listening. And then I just move on. I, I can't do it anymore because I realize. I have a question. Yeah. After, after, finish your thought. Finish your thought. Right. No, I just realized I don't have the time. Like we, we spoke about this, Reward, not too long ago. Time is something that we're constantly feeling like we're battling with, right? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's yeah, Definitely. but it's switching the mindset, and that's a part of it. If I switch my mindset to, you know what, I need to value my time and not have someone else occupy my time, then I have to do something about it. I can't just sit there because I'm concerned about their feelings. That's the last thing on my mind at this at this point in, in life. I can't I can't you know cater to your feelings all the time. Those days are over. It's about me now. I got to survive. I got to live. I got to live the way I want to live. So the minute you start to dump your stuff on me or try to have me carry your stuff, no thanks. It's the wrong wrong place. We're not at the airport. Mm. I'm not baggage claiming. So I'm not claiming them. That's just the way I, I function now. So, And it gives me a lot more peace and freedom to do and be myself because I'm no longer concerned or occupied or preoccupied with other people's you know, um, um, drama and, and emotions and things like that, that I can't do anything about anyway. Mm. Right. Go ahead, Alana. So, and I think you kind of answered within what you were saying as well, in a sense of you value your time and, and what you invest in. I think, and like Reva said, like, how do you do it? Like with family. And so how do you do that and not feel guilty or give them that license, you know, that privilege to, to get away with that. Well, the trick for me is I recognize that the reason they're doing what they're doing is they want me to feel guilty. And by me feeling guilty, there's a greater chance of them getting what they want out of me. But if I know I'm not, I'm not ready or I'm not in the space and I don't want to, those are the three options, right? I'm not ready. I don't want to, or I don't have the capacity to offer what it is they're seeking. They don't care about that. Most people don't care about what it is that you're able to do or not. They just want what they want. So the sooner I recognize that they don't really care what I'm going through, they just know I'm able to provide in their minds. So they're going to try and get me to provide what it is that they're seeking out of me. So recognizing that means they don't have my feelings in mind. So then why should I have to have theirs in mind? Yeah. But I also think it's a part of like boundaries, right? Like I think that particularly when it comes to family and families are always a little bit sensitive for some people, it may or may not be, but like it's the, it's the boundaries that you set or you didn't set with your family. But wait, also, sorry, hold on. Has them crossing over. Family doesn't have boundaries. No, 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 no. I have boundaries. Well, you do, but your family yeah, members but don't have. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that <laughs> as far as them like approaching of, you. Yeah, but in far like, well, I think the idea that it, as as you grow with your family, like 
from like, I never set boundaries with my parents or my parents. I never set boundaries with my siblings. Like we squabbled it out. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. you didn't have to like, but like people that you invite into your life, you set boundaries in, right? You didn't right. invite your family into your life. They were always been there. You never had to deal with boundaries. And I think when it comes to family, you have to deal with boundaries in your adulthood, right? Which right. is very like, so you live your life, you're a, you live with these people or you coexist with these people for a long period of time, then now you're, you're recognizing that they're disturbing your peace in some shape way or, or fashion. And then you're like, crap, I have to go, not to go set boundaries as opposed to if you're in a situation where you're inviting someone to your life, you set the boundaries very early. So let me right? ask Hopefully you this. You set the boundaries very early, but it's different with your family. There's no boundaries. So now that you're like, oh, I need to protect my peace. You have to, find ways to retrain them of how to deal with you moving forward. And I think it's a delicate balance because you're like, you're not telling them like, you don't like, and sometimes it could come off to people like you don't care or you don't care about them or the feelings of what's going on. You're just like, I, I can't afford when sometimes it's like, I can't afford to care more about you than what's going on with me. Right. Right. And you have to kind of, I think with family, you have to kind of like find different ways to, set boundaries up and build those boundaries and make them make it habitual for yourself and eventually become a habitual for them though i in my case i think family understands like when you're trying to set up boundaries and like fortunately i didn't have to start no hardcore boundaries that hasn't been crazy but like you just have to kind of change your behavior with them a little bit mm-hmm. so to so they can make those adjustments as well and i think okay so you said a lot of really good points um the challenge is you said retrain, right? Yeah. But prior to that, we also, basically we both said the same thing where we didn't have boundaries, right? And you also made another great point about in adulthood, that's when we as individuals start to recognize we need boundaries, right? For family or whoever. But now think about the adulthood for the parents, right? The parents have boundaries. You can't ask me this because I'm, you know, I'm the older one or whatever. I'm, I'm the caregiver. Don't ask me questions. Stay out of grown folks business. Those are the boundaries that they set, right? But for us as kids at that time, there are no boundaries for us. They can say whatever they, they want, do whatever they want. And so mm. I feel like, yes, to a point there is boundaries being set, but there isn't any mm. being set for the kids. And then we, we become teenagers and we become young adults. Where are the boundaries for us at this point? Still none because we live under the roofs most of the time, right? Traditional parents, older, old school attitude. But here's the question, right? The thing that you said was really important, retraining. We never had a chance as kids to train them or to even give them the space. They didn't have the space or capacity to say, you know what? My kids do need boundaries. I need to respect their boundaries because there wasn't any for them, right? And so now you're saying as an adult, I have to retrain an an adult who's been an adult before me, how to set boundaries that pertain to me. They never had one for me. Mm. And so as an adult. Terminology is wrong. It's not retraining, but some form of training. But but, reintroducing yourself. Right. But that's the hard part, right? So the Mm. point I'm trying to make is if we have to reintroduce or retrain, it doesn't matter which one. The point is, if they had boundaries for themselves towards us and how we should conduct them, ourselves towards them as kids, you would think, right, this is an assumption that I'm making and I'm sure most of us do anyway, you would think our parents would make that same assumption and say, you know what, oh, they're adults now, so let's let's start treating them like one. Hell no. 
They still look at you as, as your little no. kid, <laughs> right? Like, no, that, that when your parents call you, when your parents are referring to you as you're your own, your adult is when they're trying to not do something that you're asking them. Right. Like it's right. This, you're, <laughs> when, as you're still their child, like right. you don't try to say like, right. and that, that weird relationship of, um, I wouldn't call it weird, but there's a, there's a, a back and forth between you're my child and your adult go do your own thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a, there's a little bit of back and forth. And, and it, if you, if you were able to develop a good relationship with your parents, mm-hmm. that back and forth is not, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel really challenging. It just yeah. comes and goes when it needs to. And it feels like there's a balance with it. Yeah. But like, if you're having a difficult time with your parents or you guys don't have a relationship where you guys could converse a lot or you could share ideas or you could really give them some insight of where you are mm-hmm. um, at this point in your life. And you just, they're always treating you like a child or speaking to you like a child. Yeah. Setting up boundaries is going to feel like nearly impossible. Yeah. But if your parents are like recognize from time to time, like, okay, yeah, they're an adult. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like, you know, like they just, they recognize it. They look at you and they, they see you as an adult. Yeah. Then like, and they speak to you as an adult. So you could, speak to them that way too you know yeah. like you can you're not you're not cowering at your parents or or their opinion like you go in back and express a different ideas like you would with you know your counterparts right in a respectful way mind you but like you could go back and forth and have real discussions with them mm-hmm. then that also helps the way they see you and set boundaries too right right that you can share that ideas because once they see that the way your mind works you have those conversations they also it also expands the way they look at you too, right? Yeah. So I want to move the conversation forward a little bit now. What I'll start with you again, Alana, because Reva just had the last word. Um, excessive self-blame, right? We're still talking about inner peace. You know, we, we went through the turmoil of parents and family, but now we're looking at ourselves. You kind of started with that in, in the first, um, you know, question that we posed where we might be the toxicity in our own, our, our own situations. So what about excessive self-blame? How does that play in, in the role of disrupting our peace that we're seeking? I think that plays a huge role. And when I think of excessive self-blame, I think of information that you were, receive, that you were receiving growing up, where you were called a certain name or just told a certain thing. Right. Like, for example, you talk too much. Stop talking. Be quiet. Be quiet. You're this. You're that. Now, if you don't understand the algorithm in your brain or understand that that is somebody else telling you that, not to internalize that, then that becomes your voice. But then it's even, but even the plot thickens more if you don't have that self-worth. So then it's so easy for you to cling to type of information like that. So on one level, it's coming from the outside, but then on another level, no, it's really coming from the inside. And how can you have any sort of inner peace if you don't think you're valuable or you have any sort of value to bring to the table or anything? And how you see yourself comes out in so many different ways. And it would be hard for you to be in a challenge or a situation and even try to see the flip side of it. Right. Reba, what do you think? Um, um, 
I think that I think like with all things that you do, you have to have a little grace with yourself. Like, um, you like Alana said, you kind of have to work through the kinks of like you're not what they told you. You know, mm. like you like you could be what you want to be, and like you could curate your life to be what you want to be. And like, if someone, for example, her example, someone told you you talk too much, like that that may be your superpower. Like you know, like right that may land you on TV if that's what you really want to do or, or whatever. Right. So yeah. you kind of have to kind of look at yourself and do an assessment and, th- and take these things that you may view as a negative or, or haven't been serving you, like really t- kind of take them apart, look kind of where they came from mm-hmm. and see if they're actually something that you could use to amplify or, or have your life or evolve your life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so as well as like, you have to have a little bit of grace with yourself. Like nothing's gonna, you're, you're not gonna, like, we're not, we're, we're a bunch of human, human beings. You were you having a human experience. Yeah. Like, you know, like nothing, nothing about this is perfect. No one's life is perfect. Like everybody's going to their own place, dealing with their own thing. You gotta, so, you gotta tell that to Instagram though. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, <laughs> but, it's, but it's true. Like everybody's going at home, dealing with your own things. Like I'm pretty sure like, you could be sitting there thinking, oh my God, I didn't do this. And I dropped the ball on that and blah, blah, blah. Then one day you go to, you go to dinner with one of your friends and they're telling you what they're going through. And you're like, your jaw's dropping. Cause you're yep. just like, you, you could have been looking at them. Like everything is going well with them, but they could be doing, they could be dealing with something that's really challenging to them, you know? Yeah. And they could be looking at you like, yo, you're doing it. Right. Yeah. So you have to kind of realize like, oh, you have to get to the point where like, Yes, outside perspectives do impact people. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a real thing that happens. But you have to come to yourself, okay, where am I on my journey? What is it that I'm setting to do? And just really focus on the things that, you, that you've that you that you've done and you've done well yeah. and the things that you want to do and move forward. Like, like, running back those negative thoughts in your head is crippling. And like that, like I didn't do well, and I didn't do this, and I didn't. I like running right. those things back. It's what you put your weight, like you know, what you think becomes true, right? So if you're focusing on that, then that's what's going to keep on happening because that's right. where you're putting your energy. Yeah. So you really have to shift your mindset, your mindset, right? And once you're able to sh- shift your mindset, you're able to focus on the things that you want to do, and it's it's going to be a little easier to oh, this didn't work out, but whatever. And right. keep like trucking on t- towards the things that you want to do and that are working for you. you right. know, just, and once I think you're able to shift your mindset, you feel a little bit more at peace. Like, because you're going to be happy that you're doing, you're focusing on things you want to be focusing on as, as, as opposed to the things that just didn't work well at that time for you, you right. know? So it's interesting because I think, I think, when you're on that journey of inner peace, it helps improve your ability to focus your mind. And that's what you've been talking about, you know, your mindset. Um, and, and I think once you're able to focus your mind, there's less, you know, or fewer distractions, right. And then thoughts or dist- distracting thoughts that come through, but that's really important. But you said something that I really liked. You said, you're not what they told you you were. Right. And I think that's a very powerful um, statement and quote that we should actually make it a thing because it's true. Everything that we think we are or we're good at 
came from external until we started to believe in it and we made it a part of our fabric as an individual, right? And once we accepted that and we actually enjoyed those things, especially the positive things, obviously, that's when happiness starts to form, right? Now, the next question I have is, how does chasing happiness impact that inner peace that we're, we're seeking? Because a lot of us chase happiness because we have happiness in a different form at different stages in our lives, right? Some people say it might be uh, material gains or accomplishing a task or um, meeting someone and, and relying on someone else to make them laugh or, or, you know, so many other things. For you, I'll start with you, Riva, on this one. Chasing happiness, how does that disrupt your, your journey for, you know, um, inner peace? I don't know. I don't, um, that's kind of weird. Like, I don't think I've chased happiness per se. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think it's like, it's, it's a weird thing to chase. Like, I, it's, 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 as you said, like at different points in times, happiness looks different to you. Right. Mm -hmm. So chasing the, the idea of happiness is kind of weird. Like if, if you're trying to, I think like, I, for me at any rate, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't chase happiness. It doesn't sound like something that's worthwhile doing, mm -hmm. but like, if you, if you have an idea of who you want to be and who you want to be in this, in this world and how you want to show up and um, the experiences that you have, like, those are things that you build on. And when you build on those things, these moments, you know, these happy moments, these good moments, these feel, these dopamine hits come in. Right. So mm -hmm. Like those are things that you should be, for me at any rate, you should be working on like this idea, like this person that you want to be, this person that you're building yourself up to be. And these experiences that you're trying to cultivate, those things are like the happy moments just happen when those things happen for you. You know, that's just a result of like you really building out this person that you, you want to be right. and trying to like figure out how you're operating your person. So teasing happiness is kind of, is kind of weird because chasing happiness is kind of like you're chasing a past experience that you can't have again. Mm. Like that's like, to me, that's what it sounds like. Cause as you, as you get older or I shouldn't say older, but as time goes by and you, you evolve in your journey and like things change as time goes by, like things happen, like you could lose someone that could change your perspective on life. You know what I'm trying to say? Right. And so things are not always going to be the same. So, and happiness is going to show up differently at each part of your journey. So just chasing, I just happiness not it's, it's a result of um, enjoying the enjoying the journey mm. and doing the things that you want to do. Happiness so, is just a result of it. Chasing is kind of weird, right. and if you're chasing happiness, I think you're chasing a past feeling that instead of creating that feeling, you're chasing it, right. which is you should be creating it to get it. Right, right. I like how Riva put that especially when um, you said um, it's like you're chasing the past and when she used the word experiences. So that tied into what I was thinking about where you're on a path, you're in a certain direction and whether you want to call it happiness or a destination or a dream, you're looking at this one thing. However, you're experiencing things along the way, but you won't be able to fully experience if you're not present. So I think it's, something that many do in some way and sometimes do it and we don't even know like you ask somebody how was your day 
or what did you embrace today or what's one highlight? They can't give you no highlights, but yet so many things happen throughout that moment. And they may have this vision of what excitement is or what good is. Mm. So ultimately it robs you from um, just being able to embrace the little things that actually build up to any form of happiness or joy or peace or whatever word you want to use in that space. So what about the comfort zone, right? That's a big, big part of um, finding that peace as well. Cause a lot of us want to stay there, but I think I'm, I'm a believer in facing the fears and getting out of that comfort zone. So you can actually continue your growth and find different levels of peace. Cause I think there are different levels of peace but what, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, you know, those that are willing to just stay comfortable, um, don't leave the comfort zone and just kind of dwell in there for as long as they, they want. Because it's a thin line, I find, that when you stay there too long, you transition into depression and you don't even know that you're in there yet. Right. And that's the problem. And then they, they also struggle to get out. What are your thoughts on that? Like the comfort zone, the traps of the comfort zone and and remaining comfortable all the time. Oh, the comfort, oh, the comfort zone is like death. Like it, <laughs> you're right. Like it's, it, like it kills your, like if you, if you think, if you're looking for joy and happiness and enlightenment, like you're not going to get it at the comfort zone. Like it slowly, it slowly just kills your spirit. Yeah. Like it, it's just robbing you of like, because this is my thing. In your comfort zone, you're not having new experiences. You're just doing the same shit over and over again, right? Because right? you're comfortable, yeah. right? You're like, this is the way things are. I like it this way. I'm not going to do anything new. Then how are you going to be happy? Because like, you can't, you can't create another happy feeling. You're comfortable. Mm-hmm. You can't create these experiences. You're comfortable, right? The only way you could create something, like creation is, is a physical thing that you have to do. It's something new. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that in the comfort zone. And it just slowly and like you're right. Like you you slip into you don't slowly slip into depression. Like it's just when you realize you're depressed, it's you're really depressed. Yeah. It like it is just a killer. Like it just kills your spirit. Like there's nothing. There's like listen, like if you've along your journey, if you wanna and spend some spend some time in certain spaces in your life a little longer than others because. Like you want to rest here for a moment. Yeah. You can like rest in where you are, but like you always have to be growing. Like like if you're not growing, you're dying, and it just that's just what it is. And the comfort zone is a killer. Man. There's no one happy in the comfort zone. Like like I show me them. I want to see who they are. <laughs> like like you like there's no there's no person that you meet that's in the comfort zone when you meet them. Their energy. Like they're they're operating on a different frequency. Like your their spirits are shining through. Is this a big ball of like attraction? Like I've never met anybody in the comfort zone that has that that pouring out of them. Right. You can't like yeah. you only get those kind of things through experiences, and you only can have different experiences if you're moving. Yeah. If you're moving forward, if you're progressing, but if you're just staying where you're at at that experience, yeah. And it's lonely. Particularly if you have people around you who are progressing, right? Yeah. They're just not gonna—they're not gonna mess with you no more. <laughs> people who are progressive, like they don't—they don't. 
they're they're don't get me wrong their train of thoughts like i'm gonna leave this person here they're just like they just leave you there like because they're by the time they look back they're like whoa you're back there bro yeah like that's that's what's gonna happen because they're like they're 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 chasing the new they're opening themselves up to the new experience right if you want to sit in the comfort zone you can but if there are people around you who are are being progressive it's gonna be a very lonely place yeah it can be very depressing i think about being able to identify when you're in it because like even we we mentioned depression a lot of times people don't even know they're they're depressed Mm -hmm. and a lot of times people do but they don't know how to handle it. So with the comfort zone, being able to identify and understand why why are you doing the things you do? Why are you afraid to take that risk? Because really and truly, it's a matter of being afraid to take that next risk. And mm-hmm. also understanding that you may think that you're afraid to take, you're not, you're not a risk taker, but mm-hmm. yet in some point in life, you have to take risks. You're a baby. You fell. How many times you bust your head and things that you don't even remember that happened to you that really required risk taking. So just understanding things like risk taking mm-hmm. and what it can do for you and what the comfort zone cannot do for you. So being able to understand what it is and then taking action. So thank you for that, because I think I agree with both what you both uh, what you both said. And I think it's important that happiness, I think, based on what Riva, you kind of nailed was to me, I'm looking at happiness as something that has a very short expiration date. Right. Like it comes and it only lasts for so long until you evolve into another stage and then you can achieve a different form of happiness or it'll present itself in a different way because you try something different, right? By stepping out of that comfort zone. Because I think if you do live in the comfort zone, then it becomes mundane and you're not doing anything new, nothing excites you. So therefore you can't get that high again until you try something else. So that was really important. And I think what you said too, Alan, was key, trying to figure out how do I get out of here? First of all, when did I get here and how did I get here? And then work your way um, out of it, maybe reverse engineer the process. Now, my other question then is, can I actually find or anyone find inner peace? And any one of you can kind of jump on this one. Um, inner peace, if I have a victim mentality, right? Oh, the world is not fair. Or um, how come this person gets all the opportunities and so forth, right? Why is this person's hair longer? And oh, it's only because they're light-skinned or it was because they're this and because their mother is half Indian or Whatever the reason is, we create these victim mentalities. So I'm, I'm curious, can someone actually achieve inner peace if they have that mentality? And what if they don't know they have that mentality? Okay, so this quote has been like chasing me. Like it's been like in my face. <laughs> so um, life is not happening to you. Life is happening for you. Yes. The amount of times within a week. Wait, wait, you're what I did? <laughs> Oh, say that again. You're breaking up. <laughs> Sorry, Reba, keep the quote that was in my head. <laughs> okay, you know what? If it's in your head, then like, if it's in your head, then like, I think that's phenomenal. Cause like, if for me, like, if, you keep, if I keep hearing a quote, like, if I keep, if, and this is, and when I say I keep on hearing it, like, I've heard it from, like, I think Jay Z said it. I was listening to a podcast, which is like, like, 
a, a different type of genre than they said it everywhere. And I, 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 then I read it. I'm like, okay, you're trying to come to me at all mediums. Like I get it. Like I can't run from this. <laughs> that is that quote popped in my head because the part of the victim mentality is like something, like something is doing, something's happening to you. Right. Like something's happening to you. Like, like, like life is not sitting here conspiring. Like life is not bad mind. Like right. life is not right. considering conspiring against you. Like think a lot of things are happening in your favor, but you have to play a part in it. Yeah. Right. When you're not, when you're not playing a part in your life and you're not being proactive about things you should be proactive about, you're going to think like, Oh my God, these things are crappy. And these things, why do so many bad things happen to me? It's like one, like, are you looking at all the good things that happen to you? And are, and are you trying to create the life you want to create? Like a lot of things in life are there. Like, a lot of resources are there at your fingertips. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and we live in a, we live in like what they're calling the, the best era of like, whatever. Right. Cause mm-hmm. like technology has given us so many opportunities to amplify our lives. Right. Right. And so if you're like at this day and age, if you're still like having the victim mentality, like, yeah, you're not, I don't, I don't foresee a way that you could, you could find that piece. Like where are you going to find pieces? Like if you're always blaming somebody, someone somebody or something or the system or what have you for the type of life you're living when like you can really like just create right the life that you want to live right yeah. obviously there's going to be a lot of work you have to put a lot of time you have to plan things out there's, there's a structure to things but you could create the life you want to live like and i find when you're doing that you're just happier like when you're being productive with your time you're just happier and you're going to find those you're going to find a piece at it you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like when you're being productive, you have like a clear vision of what your life is, what your life looks like. Like, like toxic people have less access to you because you're just like, yo, I really can't spend time on these toxic person because the way this vision's set up, like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get it. Right. You know? And right. so yeah, like if you have a victim mentality, like something's always happening to you. Yeah. I don't foresee a, a path where you could be by yourself at home chilling. No TV, no music, no phone, just relaxing and being like, okay, I'm, I'm a, I feel good. Like, right. I don't, I don't see that you could have that because right. you're going to, you're going to find things to pick at why that moment is not good. If you understand that things are happening no matter what around you and you have a choice, do I take this information and sit with it or like an artist? Can I create something out of it? And I think that's the thing that we neglect to understand at times. And that's why it's a beautiful thing with um, children and say the ability to use your imagination. And you start at an early age doing that in some way, whether you're not drawing, but you're doing some sort of creating. And if you understand that no matter what situation you're in, you are the artist directing, writing your script. Right. And you won't spend too much time in that victimization mode. And if you understand that, okay, poor me. Nope, I have no time for this. And you see what it does for you, then you'll get up. But it won't, it won't get you anywhere because then there's no accountability. And one thing in life is to be able to hold yourself accountable for your actions, even if somebody else works for the question is, what did you do? Let's you didn't do anything in that situation. Those records that quote. 
it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. So it's just a tool to use it. Right. I think a lot of people have this, with that same mentality, they feel like life is, is something that they have no control over, at least in their lives, right? Like I can't control anything that happens around me or to me. And so therefore it's not my fault. And to your point, accountability and responsibilities was lacking. So we end up falling victim to that with that mentality. Thank you guys for actually taking that one and running with it. Um, what about people trying can I say to... say one more thing with that? Sorry, What's can it? I say one more thing with that? Sorry. Yeah, you just made it. me think of something. Mm-hmm. So when something's happening to you and people don't understand, like you're thinking about experience control, but then really how you process something, how you feel about something, that's usually when things start to hatch because the event already happened. It's like what you do after. So just understanding what you, how you think about it, how you interpret it, whether it feeds some sort of anxiety mm-hmm. or sadness, that's right. where things happen. I just want to add that. No, Sorry. No, no, I appreciate that. So what about people that are constantly, like we know some of these people, constantly trying to impress other people? You think they can never have any ounce of inner peace because they're doing things to you know, get the reaction out of other people, which then gives them the satisfaction or that, that short fuse of happiness because they got the reaction that they wanted. So talk to me about some of those characters that we all have in our, in our circles somewhere or in passing. Um, I don't think I have anybody in my circle like that. Hallelujah. But, um, what about people we worked with in the past that were always trying to impress you? People that you just met through somebody else that are trying to impress you. By telling you, oh, I have, I work for IBM or a big company, or yeah, I've been doing this, and I have this car, and I have this watch, and I have this bag, and you know, those people that are trying to impress people. Like, I'm sure we've met some of them. Oh, oh probably. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, I just don't think, I don't think, well, your your happiness, your peace is based off of what somebody else gives you. Right. Mm -hmm. And what if they don't feed you? What if they don't give you that attention? Mm. What if they don't validate what you have? Like, then you're screwed because it's based off what other people have to give, what other people are pouring into you. Right. Based off all these things that you have. What if you lose the ability to have those things? You know, like the, then, then what you, you no longer have those things you built, you built a large part of your worth off the, somebody else's validation and now there's nothing to validate based on your how you do things yeah there's nothing to evaluate because you know you don't have these things and your worth was your wealth your worth was wrapped up in these things yeah right yeah and your happiness was based off people giving you attention for these things then what do you have mm. right like like nothing is promised right right like like something like a lot there's people in this world who have a lot of things who are doing well then they get sick and they no longer have things, right? Yeah. And a lot of those people get out of those situations because they never wrapped up their worth in things in the first place. Yeah. Right? And they, they had a mentality, even though I had those things before, when I get back on my feet, I'll get those things again because they're just things, yeah. right? So if you wrapped your, your self-worth and your identity in, in, in things and you lose your ability to have those things, then you just lost everything that made you happy. Yeah. Now, like that's a scary place to be in. It is. It is very scary. Alana, I want to throw this one at you. Um, the pursuit of perfection. 
right? Like we we have people who want to be perfect at everything that they do, right? Uh, for me, at an early age, went through the whole process of, you know, drawing and not liking the drawing that I create, right? Or someone else coming along and saying, oh, that's not so good. Mind you, it's not like they're drawing either. They just don't do what I do, but they're telling me it's no good, right? So that pursuit of perfection, what happens to your inner peace if you're trying to find your inner peace, but you're struggling with that? Like you're constantly chasing perfection. And I know you work with some young people and adults. Um, can you share some of those obstacles and how that, you know, you think you feel it impacts their inner peace that, you know, they're not able to achieve what they want to achieve or need to achieve? The pursuit of perfection, um, it's ironic because being in a situation where I'm given the opportunity to um, educate somebody while they're educating me. So whether it's you're working on your shot, you get mad when you miss, and you're not understanding why you miss, but yet you want this type of, you you want the results, yet you don't understand how the body has to connect first. So just the process and this idea of perfection where you think because you make the shot, you actually were perfect, yet there's a difference between being able to do something good and being able to do something great. So the question is what type of, what, what type of results do you really want? And don't be fooled by that idea of perfection. And sometimes with perfection, you're chasing something that doesn't really exist because even in that pursuit where they're chasing to make the shot and sometimes I may find myself having some expectations for them and I get humbled as I'm in the process where I'm just like, wait a minute, I want them to get it a certain way. However, it takes a certain amount of moments. So in that pursuit, actually, um, it gives life to little things like me being humbled and me understanding that it's a process, but it's not, it's just like happiness. It's not something you can chase Mm -hmm. and perfection robs you in that sense because you miss the shot or you mess up, you mess up in a, you you have a dispute with somebody and you may scream at them and you beat yourself up because you screamed at them. But yet, if you sit back and analyze and process, why did you scream at them? Did you understand that it actually wasn't them? So within that moment, you're able to discover something even deeper about yourself that they were just the trigger. So I think of little things like that when you said pursuit of perfection, where you're chasing something that doesn't exist. And then it goes back to being on this path or being in this adventure and understanding the beautiful things that come along the way with a thing called experience. So thank you for that. Now we're going to bring this full circle, right? Because we opened with the toxicity, right? uh, You know, people who are just negative. Now think about that person or someone who caused you pain or you know, uh, disappointed you in some way or betrayed you. And that can happen from strangers to acquaintances, to friends, to family, right? Or coworkers. So it's a long um, spectrum of different people that could have an impact on us in that way. 
But this next point that I want to ask is grudges. We are human. We do hold grudges, whether for an extended period of time or a very brief moment. But disappointment and all those things do resonate with us. And so I'm curious if someone can share with me what impact, you know, holding a grudge towards another person does for your inner peace. Mm. How do I look at this? I, I would say that it's kind of like, why are you holding a grudge, right? Like you, have, you kind of have to kind of break it down to like, why are you even holding a grudge in the first place? Okay, someone did you wrong. Okay, right? Like you should, for most situations, you should take the less lesson and move along. If that person is no longer part of your life, like you, your values and their values no longer align the way they want to live their life or the way they treat you is not acceptable, whatever. Take the lesson and move forward. But that's easier said though, right? And not forgiving people, it robs, it's only robbing you. And mm. like half the time that person's moved on, they're not even thinking about you. Right. So what, why are you holding on to that feeling? like why can't you let it go right like like why are you sitting with it so like i think holding on to grudges you have to kind of like for me at any rate you have to analyze why you're holding on to that feeling like what is it about that situation that makes you still cringe when you think about it or get upset or say i'll never talk to that person again like mm-hmm. you have to kind of analyze that and find ways of letting that go yeah like forgiveness is a gift for you like when you forgive somebody, like you give yourself the room ins- inside yourself to be open to n- better and new experiences. Right. If you're not giving, if you're not forgiving somebody, you're holding on to a grudge, you're holding that space. Yeah. And yeah. now nothing can't come in, nothing good, nothing bad, like nothing could come in. Just holding that space, that negative energy is only impacting you. It's withering, you're, you're withering away with it. A hundred percent that person moved on. Right. They're not, they're like, even if they did you like, they're not, they're not thinking about that thing anymore. They've moved on. So right. why are you holding on to it? Like what benefit does it have to you? So I don't foresee grudges doing anything. I don't even know why people still hold on to like, you could, you could remember something someone did and you could choose not to interact with them that way because of their past behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. And you could be like, you know, this is not for me, but you could just move on from that and just be like, this is not for me. Just move on. You don't have to hold it and be like, every time you think of them or you see them, you're going to have a little fit. Yeah. Like yeah. It, I don't see that being beneficial to you whatsoever. I understand it. I like understand people upsetting you. And sometimes it takes time and you have to go through a little process with yourself. Mm-hmm. But like if someone did something to you five years ago and you're still cheesed about it, <laughs> no, that's you. That's not them. <laughs> no, that's that's a really good point, and I think that gives us the full circle that I, that that I really appreciate because we started off with the individual, um, and now we're back to the individual and how you know other people conducting themselves in a particular way impacts us. And what I want to do is wrap this whole conversation up with some pointers that I kind of wrote down about inner peace for those listening and how it can benefit you the different ways that it benefits you. So I'll share a few of them, maybe uh, five or six of them. Um, So different ways that you can benefit from discovering yourself. It's really a character building an identity establishing journey that we all must go through one way, shape or form. 
calmness, right? And is what you might, you may get from it as well. And then it allows you to handle more difficult situations in your daily routines, right? It also increases your inner strength. Um, it also possesses the, the opportunity to really eliminate impatience, anger, and, and nervousness and, you know, restlessness. It also helps you show more patience, tolerance. You can actually think better. It makes you feel more centered, grounded, and stable. Being mentally and emotionally calm helps you fall asleep easily. And, you know, you have a better sleep um, happening as well. So there's so many things to benefit from if you actually channel and try to find and establish that inner peace by eliminating most of the things that we discussed, right? Uh, I had the benefit of having these two ladies here with me today to kind of expand on some of these things as opposed to me doing it myself, right? A lot of us deal with grudges. A lot of us deal with, you know, um, chasing happiness and, and perfection and trying to impress other people, especially in this economy. Everybody's trying to tell somebody this is really their life and it's not. Um, and then we also have people still struggling with, you know, that victim mentality that what was me, the world doesn't like me or people who look like me are going to have a different experience, which is naturally true. But what are you going to do about it? That's really the question, right? What can you do about it? Because you can do something about it. And are you going to choose to do something about it? Or again, go back to that victim role, the comfort zone. We spoke about that a bit as well. And, and how that can be detrimental to your development and growth and, and goals that you're trying to achieve for yourself, you know, and happiness is really a figment of a state of feeling. It's not a real physical thing that we can chase, but we ascribe it to monetary gains or material things that we earn and, and things that we accomplish, whether in a professional setting and things like that. So those are things that we need to be aware of that it's not real happiness because Happiness is a state of being, and I think we can achieve it by evolving and trying new things and expanding who we are. Um, and finally, you know, getting away from that self-blame. You can only blame yourself for so long, same way you can only be a victim for so long and keeping a good distance from, you know, toxic individuals that we may encounter or who are still hidden in our circles that we're not aware of yet. But, you know, I'll leave it there. I want to thank Riva. I want to thank Alana for jumping in and helping me with this, this discussion. I think it was rich and I hope anyone and everyone listening to this can actually benefit from it. Don't hesitate to share, like, subscribe, comment, chime in, and we will do our best to make sure we bring you another episode that you can enjoy and appreciate until next episode. Love, peace, and.